This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, we have a packed show today to talk about what's going on in the automotive world, the hobby of classic and collector cars, the world of new cars, leases, motorsports, electric things that I don't really like. But we'll start out the show with BJ Colleen. Hi, BJ. Hello, Mr. Allen. Oh, boy. I tell you what. I got Stephen Cole Smith right after you. And then Lauren Fix, and Lauren Fix plans on talking about this strike with the UAW and how how they uh, feel about the mandates with these electric cars. And I went, up, oh, look at that. They're finally rising their heads to say, we don't know if we like all these electric cars and stuff. And it's interesting, the UAW, they got a lot of power of what's going on in our automotive world, you know. So yes, they do. It'll be interesting. Yes, and then uh, to wrap up the show, Brian Moody from Auto Trader best lease deals on SUVs for July. And then he also is going to talk about some people don't know the difference between a salvage title and a rebuilt title. So there's a big story about that on uh, autotrader.com and, uh, and also overdrive. So there's a lot going on. The show is packed full of information for those who care to know more, but you start with the news of the day or of the week. Yeah. Let's talk about the news. And my first story is called VinFast is slow. And, you know, we talked about VinFast and getting terrible reviews. Well, I think people are reading those reviews because what they said is that VinFast has only received 128 total registrations in the U.S. since January. That's not a lot. Okay, so... So one person registered a car in February. Oh my God! Sixteen in March, sixty-six in April, and forty-five in May. So, so what still, is that telling you? Here, here's what it's telling me is that I don't think that ninety percent of our audience even knows that Vinfast is a car company. It sounds kind of like it could be a, an app, you know, like uh, well, like any app. It just could be an app. No, it's like Ford, General Motors, BMW, Vinfast. And yes. I have still never seen one on the road. I've never, no. of course, they they took a little handful of journalists to, um, hold on, I was going to say Taiwan, but it's not. It's Korea, right? Vietnam. Vietnam. I knew I'd get it wrong. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, it's somewhere, again, that's how little I know about it. And even though we've been talking about this car for, I don't know, what, two, three years, right? Yes. So they're just, I don't know. I don't think, maybe they won't make it here. I don't know if they will or not. We have a couple friends that work for the company. So our PR friend, Jeff Holland, as right. you know, yeah. is working there. So, um, but I haven't talked to him because this is, I'm sure he's got nothing that he wants to say to me as a journalist, but uh, <laughs> it's crazy because, you know, the cars don't look bad, but they kind of look like copies of some of the U.S. branded vehicles, yeah. but the reviews came out. And so they said, okay, well, let's, let's cut the price. So the one that got the reviews, the VF8 City Edition got cut prices by $6,500. So you think, okay, great. So that'll bring out more buyers, but not. You know, people, there's too many really, really good vehicles for sale nowadays. 
And I don't know how many people are going to go with some startup from Vietnam that they know nothing about. Yeah. I mean, think about how long it took Hyundai and Kia yeah. to really get to where they are today. I mean, it was yeah. fast in the grand scheme of things, but it didn't happen overnight. And VinFast probably should have bought a lot more vehicles and benchmarked those before they brought this out because they're going to have trouble. And yeah. there's, there's no question at 47.2 to start. You know, it's an expensive vehicle, and there, there's a couple that are three rows going to be about 85. So I, I don't know who's going to pay that. I, honestly, until they prove themselves, it's going to be a, a tough road for them. For yeah. Sure. The name just doesn't lend itself to that much money. I don't know why. But well, it's, it's got no brand recognition whatsoever. Right. Um, so, but I also heard through the rumor mill that Ford is cutting the price of their electric vehicles i don't know which one but i heard by like ten thousand bucks yeah f-150 and we'll talk about that okay when we come back all right it. oh she's she's now you what are you doing producing the show what are you saying to me <laughs> it's time to take a break all right i understand i i know how this works everybody's got to be my producer <laughs> oh you're right though when you're right you're right yeah commercial break radio stations around the country thank you for taking our show you radio stations around the country and thank you guys for listening bj i'll be right back we'll talk about that price cut from ford since i was just told to take a break i know i know attention business owners 3076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day there are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months they are number one the great resignation 47 million americans voluntarily left their job last year your staff are harder to find than ever before number two the clutter factor 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects no wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts number three the death of the salesman 97 percent of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today hello i'm amanda holmes I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Should I talk, BJ? Should I talk? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Welcome back. I, I, I can't do this without. It's like I'm Anchorman. I have to have people telling me what, what to do all the time. Uh, well, your wife does, so you know, what's the difference if I do it or not? <laughs> I'm used to it. Um, so Ford cutting the price of their F-150 electric vehicle by $10,000, which may not even be enough. I don't know. What do you think? Well, it's not cheap, but you know, Tesla has been cutting the price of their vehicle. So I think, uh, Ford's saying that they've got more plant capacity. They can scale up production a little bit faster. They've got cheaper raw materials. So they started cutting the price, and they've got, I think, they've cut the price on like six different areas. The top one is the Pro model. They cut it almost ten grand, nine thousand nine hundred seventy-nine bucks. XLT came down about the same. 
The Lariat came down about 7,000. The Lariat Extended Range came down about uh, 8,500. And the Platinum, which is their top-of-the-line one, was over 100,000. Now they cut it about 6,000 to about 93.9, which is still a hefty price, but it's better than it was. Let's put it that way. Right. Well, I think, too, because now the world has seen that Tesla has got their cyber thing i can't even call it a truck i can't either i know it's It's just a cyber thing another strange looking creature from hell i don't know what to even do with that thing i looked at pictures of it and i went really they really i actually i think i might have done some betting on this that that thing they showed that wedge shaped thing would not be what they brought out when it was finally done and they evidently have brought that wedge shaped thing they're calling a truck out you know yeah, that's that's a perfect way to describe it yeah. i mean they said that the first one went into production people have seen it on the street camouflage but uh i i it's got to be the second ugliest vehicle i've ever seen in my life <laughs> what was the first that's ugliest the, the uh, pontiac aztec i don't know but there's got to be something ugly that's for sure <laughs> That's an old joke my friends and I used to say all the time. <laughs> right. Thanks for spying into it. I appreciate that. <laughs> I thank you so, so, so what do we know about the Cybertruck? Do you want to, is that something we can talk about? I, 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 I don't want to talk about it yet. All I don't right. Want to talk about it ever. Well, to be they, yeah, I know. <laughs> they just, they've just kind of, you know, just like just started talking about it a little bit. But again, yeah, I don't know whether it's just a, well, we told him we were going to build one, so we got to build it even if it's, you know, that wedge-shaped thing. Can you imagine that? Hey, what are we having for lunch? Uh, we're having a salad. Here's a wedge of cheese. Here's some bread. Hey, let's make a truck that looks like that wedge of cheese. You know? <laughs> that might have been how the conversation went. We've heard worse ones. That's for sure. Anyway. It is not a good-looking truck. And I wouldn't want to be around it when it gets struck by lightning. I know oh, that. my so. God. <laughs> All right, yeah. what else you got? I call this one, you picked a fine time to tell me loose wheel, not loose wheel, but loose wheel. GM has asked the government if they can create a self-driving vehicle, but get rid of a lot of government regulations. They don't want to use a, they don't want a steering wheel on it. They don't want mirrors. They don't want turn signals. They don't want side view mirrors. What? And they don't want windshield wipers. What? Because it's self-driving. You don't need those things. Oh. But they're regulated by the government. So you have to get permission to not have them. Oh, Wouldn't that be bizarre? So maybe that's why that Tesla wedge truck is there, because once you take all that stuff off, it just looks like something moving through the wind. I don't know. But uh, how would you feel about getting in a vehicle that had none of those things in it? Well, I mean, the first thing that struck me was windshield wipers. Look, even if I'm a passenger, I want to see where I'm going. That's true. How would you but like to be care. in a rainstorm? You can't see anything, and you know that you're going 70 miles an hour down the road, but you can't see. You would, I, I would think claustrophobic, or, or I would get PTSD from that, I'm telling you. <laughs> you well, know? you know, you still have to clean the cameras, too, so they're going to need wipers on the cameras. Because <laughs> if the cameras can't see the road, they can't do it, and that's the truth nowadays. So, mm. But how about getting a car with no steering wheel? No, not going to. I don't even like doing it at Disneyland on the Autopia, uh, you know, or no, no. What's that? The monorail thing. The Autopia right. was monorail. the actual car. Yeah, the monorail. I don't I don't care for it unless it's on a rail. I don't want anything driving around. You know, I own a, a building that was built in 1908 and the front corner has had a big repair because it's all brick and all that. 
And we were sitting there today looking at it, me and this contractor that's working on this thing. And he goes, what do you think? I go, oh, you know what I think? I think there was a car crash on the side of this building like in 1921. <laughs> Took out half Maybe. the building over there. And they did a really bad repair on it. That's the problem. Uh, but, you know, I, I can't even imagine getting into a crash in a vehicle that is self-driving and I'm locked inside and nobody can get to me. I now don't like the ideas of this at all. We'll take a break. There's more from BJ Colleen. This is The Drive. Stay with us. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru, featuring the 2024 Outback Wilderness, part of the Wilderness family. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, higher ground clearance, a turbocharged engine, and all-terrain tires, it opens up new territory for you to explore. Adventure elevated. Discover the Subaru Outback Wilderness at Subaru.com wilderness. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. BJ Colleen is joining me. It's funny, during the commercial break, we're like, I think we just wrote a movie. Like the, the new Christine, where the car locks you in, it turns off your cell phone, and it's got you trapped. It's a new scary movie. The car. <laughs> the car. The non-car. The non-car really car. car. Oh my we God. talked about writing it, and I said, hey, let's just let Chatbot write it. So we right. don't have to do it. Let's just give AI the idea. Let it write itself. So, That's too weird. What a world. That is the world, honestly. All right. Back to uh, newsy you ready news. ready for news. some automotive trivia quiz? Let's see what, sure. you, what you know. All right. What car, what iconic car was introduced 70 years ago this year? 70 years ago. Etzel. No, the Chevrolet Corvette. Oh, okay. You knew that. I just I, <laughs> I should have given you a hint. Well, like I was that. just tired sitting there thinking, well, I, I'm I don't know. <laughs> you're just trying to do the. You're just trying to sub, do the subtraction. I know you're having trouble. I should have told you because I know I would have been too. But, wow, yeah. you know, but right. think about that. What? That's a long time ago. Yes, it is. Damn. And would you like to buy one? If you could find one for less than a hundred grand, you'd probably be lucky. Yeah, but I can. But it's called the Lego version. Oh, yeah. Lego right. actually introduced a Lego version of the Corvette. Come uh, it's on. It's a 1,210-piece kit. <laughs> Don't lose one of these. All right? You'll never fix it oh again. Oh, my uh, It's going to be about 12 and a half inches long when complete. But it's about a 114th scale size, which is cute. It's red and white. You can take the hard top off and display the car with the top on or, or off if you want. And you can actually choose two license plates. You need the Corvette. It's home state of Michigan or California, which is kind of interesting. The only problem, though, is even though it's the 7th anniversary, they did a 61 model, not a 53. Oh, geez. So I think, yeah, they were just going for the C1 generation. But I think more people probably recognize a 61 than they do a 53, even though real true enthusiasts would want a 53. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Uh, the price they said is about 150 bucks. They don't recommend it for people under 18 because with 1,210 pieces, anybody under 18 would probably lose three quarters of those pieces. Yeah. Uh, and for 150 bucks, you don't want to do that. But it's kind of interesting if you're into Lego sets and cool things to do, and you have, you know, if you're 
if you're deadly boring and single and unattractive, this might be the thing for you to do because you've got nothing else to do with your time. Wow. <laughs> oh, I'm horrible. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, this is good for anybody. Yeah. But, you know, Port- Legos actually made a bunch of other cars like this. They did a 69 Camaro Z28. They've done a Porsche 911. They did the Ghostbusters Ecto-1. They did the Back to the Future DeLorean. And they did some kind of generic pickup truck that nobody liked. But uh, it's kind of interesting because there are a ton of Lego collectors out there, as you well know. So yeah. 150 bucks for a Lego set, though. You know what? I'm going to buy this for my grandson and give it to him when he's like 30. <laughs> well, it might be worth something someday know, if you right? keep all the pieces Put together. Put it in the yeah. safe, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's about, you know, it doesn't really work because I was collecting Christmas Barbies, and they're worth, like, less than what I paid for them. So oh, speaking of Barbie, by the way, that pink Corvette, I wonder if that's what – because that's roughly that, – that was a 60s Corvette that they used in the Barbie movie only because – you know, you've seen about 5,000 commercials of this, and you see that pink Corvette, which now I've heard rumors that people want that exact, that copied, you know, how they did everything in pink, which is actually kind of, it's kind of cool looking, but, you know, I wouldn't want pink. I don't know, you may. Well, Barbie originally had a, a toy Corvette years ago, and it was, that was like such a big part of the movie because that was her car. Was Barbie had a vet. And it was a really cool vet, and I wanted it badly when I was a kid. But, you know, we couldn't afford that kind of stuff. We got hand-me-down Barbies. Right. So, and I would have tortured the car anyway. I tortured the Barbie, so I'm not a good person. So I thought it was <laughs> I, I uh, All right, you got two minutes, the walls and stuff. two minutes right, to give me bad. something really good. Do you have more trivia, though? I like trivia. Anyway. No, I don't need more trivia, Whatever. but I can give you a little bit. J.D. Power just came out with the new Appeal Study, yeah. which is the Automotive Performance Execution and Layout Study. And again, there's a decline from customer satisfaction over a year ago. Not a lot, but a little bit. But let me ask you, in the luxury category, who do you think came in first of the luxury brands? <sighs> you know, I think it's probably, and this could be a long shot, what is the Hyundai, the luxury side of Hyundai? I'm forgetting. I don't know. Genesis. Genesis, thank you. I'm looking at music Good and guess. it's the name of a band. But anyway, go ahead. Good guess, but wrong. No. Jaguar actually came in no. number one. Oh my yes, God. followed by Land Rover, what? Porsche, BMW, and then Genesis. Oh my God. Then Mercedes, then Lincoln, and everybody else fell below. Cadillac, wow. Lexus, Alpha, Volvo, Audi, and Acura came in below. But the bottom one was the Tesla, believe it. <laughs> no. Oh yep, my gosh. Yep. The Tesla, you know, they're selling a lot of cars, but people aren't really thrilled with the Tesla brand overall. I don't know. Yes, Tesla's a new Prius. They're yeah, buying it as yeah. a status symbol, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah, but yeah. their quality is not very good. Yeah. But it's really kind of sad because most of the biggest complaints are about the infotainment system on all the vehicles. Everybody's just, they just hate the infotainment system because there's so many things that can go wrong with it because of electronics. So it's it's really... Nah, not nice. So yeah. they don't like that as one for sure. And, you yeah. know, just a lot of little things. But you can check it out at jdpower.com website to see the appeal study, along with the IQS initial quality and the vehicle dependability study, which Tesla's at the bottom of those also. Oh, my gosh. Well, BJ, thank you for the uh, news and information. Uh, we'll check yeah, in uh, with Stephen Cole Smith next about what's going on in the world of motorsports. Uh, and we've got some sad news uh, we'll talk about on the other side. We lost a friend. BJ and I already talked about it, but Steve and I have some special connection to this person. So we'll talk about it on the other side. You're listening to The Drive. BJ, thank you. 
Thank you. Be right back. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Subaru and the new Outback. Go where love takes you. Subaru. So, uh, let me just, I have some kind of sad news, actually. And uh, Stephen Cole Smith joining us. Uh, he's longtime friend. He works with Haggerty and Grassroots Motorsports. But uh, more than anything, Stephen Cole Smith and I share a friend that just passed, uh, a gentleman named Jim Scouten. And a lot of people would know him as, well, a lot of times for the voice of car and driver television, motor trend television, but most recently, American Shooter on the Outdoor Network. This week, we lost him. He passed away. I don't know how old he was. Do you know how old he was, Steve, in his 70s? He was 77. 77. God. Yeah. You know, there was a time in my life when I would have thought 77 was a good life lived, you know, probably about time to pass away. But the older I get, the more I think 77 sounds young and 80 doesn't even sound that old right now. I know. I know. Right. You know, um, you and I were reminiscing for a moment in the commercial break about Jim. If it wasn't for Jim Scouten, I wouldn't have had 10 years at Car and Driver. And then, you know, of course, you tell me, well, there wouldn't have been a car and driver television unless you and Jim got together. The editor in chief at the time didn't want anything to do with uh, the TV side of things. And Jim was at Motor Trend. And that's where I was at Motor Trend also. And then he went over with you and started car and driver television. Right. I was the executive producer of the show. We were on TNN, which eventually became Spike. It was a, a really good show, I thought. That was a time when Motor Trend had a show, Auto Week had a show, a lot of the magazines had shows where, as now, if you're on a car series, it's because you're building cars or modifying cars or doing something with a lot of drama. Right. But we were just good old content. You know, we would test drive cars, we do features, we do racing segments. I wish that would come back because it was awfully good television at the time. Well, and I don't know that anybody I don't know that anybody ever did it the way Jim Scouten did it. He had such finesse, such a way on television. I, I he must have been it seems to me he was a news anchor at one point, but he was an enthusiast. So 
he left that whole news anchor world and became an enthusiast. And he used to say to me, anything with internal combustion, which is guns and cars, <laughs> right? And so, right. but he was so good at what he did. And he called me one day when, once he had left Motor Trend and went to Car and Driver to do the show that you executive produced, he says, hey, why don't you come over here? Or actually, I could do it like this. Hey, why don't you come over here? No, you can't do that voice. You yeah. <laughs> I'd have to smoke a lot of cigarettes to do that. Yeah, he had that tobacco voice yeah. that we used to hear in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, so much, so. yeah. But he says, why don't you come over here and do a uh, car and driver? He says, uh, the guys are all great, and, and you'll you know, you'll know love Chubba and, and the publishers. And boy, he was right. And I was there 10 years. And literally, these people are my dear friends to this day. Not all of them, but a handful of them that you connect with, just like you and I are, and BJ Colleen. Right. And there's a lot of us that we become extended family to each other, you know? Yeah, I do. Jim put a lot of uh, moving pieces together to make the career that he had. He, he had his own studio in Nashville. I worked on American Shooter a little bit, and it was a great show. I think it was the highest-rated show on uh, outdoor network and it's still really good it's uh his son john who was a cameraman back in our day right has taken over and he is really doing a good job as the anchor of that jim kind of tried to fade it in the background to let his son take over yeah. and uh the show will live on which is good but it's not going to be the same without jim scouting nope a sad loss for all the enthusiast world whether it be cars or or firearms, he was somebody that everybody loved. The comments, I shared the page from his family, and the comments that I got were, oh my gosh, I loved that guy. And it was just, you know, he was one of those guys, you knew where he stood politically, you knew where he stood, yeah. and you knew where he stood on most things, but even though he may not agree on certain things with you, he was such a gentleman about it. You know, right. and that's that's the way yeah. we all need to be. He was kind of a little bit of a modern day television John Wayne kind of guy in our world. You know, exactly. Yep, that's exactly that's a good way to put it. Yep. So a big sad loss, and Godspeed to uh, Jim Scout and uh, Stephen Cole Smith and I. You know, both we sat there and just uh, was both of us were at a loss for words. I think when we talked about it, but yeah, and my heart goes out to his wife Johnny. Uh, she's a great woman and uh, does really good work in the art and commentary field. I know she's got to be suffering right now, and I, uh, I my prayers are with her. Yep. All right, you know what? That's a that's a good place to uh, take a break, and and we'll start over fresh with uh, some motorsports talk. Uh, we're gonna miss you, Jim. Jim Scouting, twenty twenty three, seventy seven years old. Whew! Be right back. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America and around the nation because of our radio affiliates. Thank you to all our radio affiliates for taking this show 
whether in Florida, where Steve is, or all the way across the country to Oregon, where I am, and everywhere in between. Uh, talking cars, talking motorsports, electric cars, gas, diesel, whatever it is, uh, it is The Drive. Stephen Cole Smith, he writes for Haggerty, Haggerty.com, and Grassroots Motorsports, amongst others. Um, Steve is our motorsports guy, because that's what he does. So there's a lot going on in the world of motorsports this weekend, huh, Steve? Pretty big weekend. Uh, NASCAR is uh, is kind of a dry spot for NASCAR right now. They're at Pocono Raceway for the High Point 400 this uh, Sunday. It'll be 2.30 p.m. on USA Network. They were in New Hampshire last week. We're just gearing up for the playoffs. I think there's six races left until we get down to what they used to call the chase for the championship, which I think is still a pretty good way to put it. There's not a lot of interest in NASCAR except after the Chicago street race. That was a pretty big hit, even though they were rained out until late, late in the day. And uh, Shane Van Ginsburg, a uh, guy from New Zealand, won. Oh, really? Uh, it was kind of amazing. It was the first time that a rookie has won the first race he was ever in in NASCAR <laughs> since Johnny Rutherford did it in 1963 wow. with the Daytona 500. Damn. But Shane is one of those uh, Australian touring car, Australian supercar racers right. who races a car that's a lot like the car that, that NASCAR has now and has had for the last couple of years. To call him a rookie is really not doing him service because he's won a few championships right. down under. And if there's any series in the world that's similar to NASCAR, it's the Australian uh, supercars. Right. They even so look, they even look similar. So coming over here and, and running the street races, it's second nature to him. Yeah, for sure. As I say, they even look similar. Uh, they do. Yeah. yeah. Big horsepower and... Uh, yeah. yeah, over 600 horsepower, sequential transmission. Right. They had all that before NASCAR did. So it's like he's been practicing for this for the past 10 years. Well, you know, got a chance to do it. And he's coming back. They're inviting him back for another race. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, the, the, the ripple effect will be that all his buddies and all the people that race against him went, what, what are you talking about? If he can do it, we can do it. And so I think it's going to be perhaps good for our sport. If you know. There's there's another Australian coming over, too. But if you remember, what was it, five years, eight years ago that Marcus Ambrose came up from uh, the Australian touring car ranks and won some street races, or uh, rather run some, won some road course races. And uh, I asked him, I had lunch with him once, and I said, like this, you coming up here from Australia is going to open the floodgates to the other guys to come up. But he said, I sure as hell hope not. I want to be the only guy from Australia. And, you know, until now he was. Right. So uh, that was Marcus. He was uh, kind of a character. Yeah. But he ended up going back, did some racing down there. I think he's retired now. But he, he was uh, always fun to be around. Always that accent was something different to yeah. uh to listen to compared to the the North Carolina accent we normally get. Right. Well, you know what's funny is the uh, all those from down under, we'll call it New Zealand and Australia both, even though they don't, we don't notice too much of a difference because the accent sounds very similar to us. Right. But they would say, what are you talking about? You know, but 
they have such a great outlook on life down there. It's like if you're not kind of dissing each other a little bit, then you aren't friends. And, uh, you know, we've become so sensitized to anybody insulting in any way. And uh, that's not how they are down under. I'll tell you that. They, you know, they, they not at all. It. Yeah. Yeah. I was down there one time and it was years ago, but it still had a 1960s feel to it. You know, it was kind of like 60s America. And I love that. And I don't know if it's still that way, but I'd love to go back again. That is one trip I wouldn't mind making, even though the plane ride is is from hell. <laughs> right. It's a long, long way. All right. What else you got in the world of motorsports? Well, we got the NHRA. They were in Bandemir Speedway in Colorado last week. And it's really sad. It's the end of Bandemir after 50 years. They, uh, I don't know if it's going to continue as a dragster, but it won't have an NHRA show, which is going to make it hard to make ends meet. But Bandemir used to be wowed in the middle of nowhere, and now, just like so many racetracks, it's surrounded by commercial and residential property. So I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't get swallowed up. But it's kind of sad that they're, uh, that, that Bandemir is no longer going to be on the schedule. But they're up in your neck of the woods at the Northwest Nationals in Seattle this mm. weekend. That's a flavor-packed Northwest Nationals. Uh, should be a good race. I, I don't know if they've been up there very often. I'm not sure. I don't keep up with the West Coast run, but they'll be running July 21st through 23rd. So they'll be deep into it by the time we're on, uh, you know, by the time people are listening to this and uh, Sunday, that should be some good racing from Northwest Nationals. You know, I'm just looking at a post from a friend of mine. It says, um, effective immediately, Atco Raceway is permanently closed. Thank you for your value yeah. business. Since 1960, so 63 years. And they're closing. It's tough. Yeah. You know, it's tough. ATCO lost their race, too, I believe. They don't have an HR anymore. Mm. It's kind of like NASCAR. If you've got a big oval track and NASCAR no longer comes to it, like Kentucky, for example, it's probably going to shut down or just lay dormant. Once you get big enough to where you can support an NHR race, when they go away, it really hurts. And yeah. that's what happened to ATCO, and that's what happened to Bandemir both, I believe. Mm. Yeah, it's a bummer. I don't know. It's uh, it's such a changing world when you see these kind of things. These are not good signs, if you know what I'm saying. Right. I got invited to uh, electric. Um, I don't know. I think with electric IndyCar races or something during um, the Consumer Electronics Show out in Vegas. And yeah. I honestly, when I got invited, I thought, oh, oh, how nice. What is it? Electric? No, no, thanks. <laughs> It's like, yeah. who wants to go uh, to that? I hate to say it. I don't know. I, I think I told you Roger Penske, who owns the IndyCar Series and uh, and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, told me earlier this year that he did not buy that racetrack to watch the electric cars go around. So they may race there, but Roger Penske probably will not be in attendance, and neither will I. I've been to two Formula E races, and... While the racing is pretty good, there's something about the sound that just uh, when it's not there, there's something missing from the sport. Yeah. And uh, I think that's going to happen to us eventually. But when I talk to people about that, they tell me that the, the bridge between this era and the next era is going to be renewable fuels. They're making renewable fuels. They're doing that in Argentina now. And if we can make 
oil, you know, basically is what we'd be doing, making some sort of gasoline that's renewable from vegetables or from seaweed or whatever it's right. going to be. Right. That's going to be the bridge to where we're still going to be able to hear the engines and not have to worry about electrics for a while. Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, since we were talking about down under. Uh, All right. Minute work. <laughs> All right, we'll take a little break. Stephen Cole Smith, Haggerty.com, and Grassroots Motorsports. He's a, an amazing writer in the world of motorsports and all other things. And he is uh, bringing us some of the news from the racetrack. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Don't come down here no more. Can't you see that it's late at night? Very tired. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, it is The Drive, yes. I'm Alan Taylor, Stephen Cole Smith joining us. We're talking about life in the fast lane. This guy lives in the fast lane. He is the motorsports guy for Haggerty.com and Grassroots Motorsports and here on The Drive. Um, spends a lot of time at racetracks, Stephen Cole Smith. All right, how about some uh, IndyCar and F1 to close out this hour? IndyCar's got a weird weekend, Alan. They are at the Iowa Motor Speedway, and they are actually today at 3 p.m. and tomorrow at 2 p.m. They've got a uh, doubleheader mm. running this weekend at Iowa, the little uh, oval track I've raced there before. Mm. We're coming off a race from Toronto for the Honda Indy Toronto race. Christian Lungard won that. One of the guys said nobody knows who he is. Exactly, breaking a streak from Alex Palou, another guy that is not exactly a household name, even though he's won a whole bunch of races at a championship. So we're going to see who manages to win the double header this weekend. It's a points race both days, so it's going to go a long way toward deciding who the champion's going to be. And I'm not even sure who's leading that now. I think Alex Palou is. So, uh, Christian Lungard, up-and-comer, drives for the Ray Hall team with David Letterman, manages to uh, make it to the win column, so good for him. As far as Formula One goes, they are at uh, Hungary. It's a Qatar Airlines race, 15 hours and 26 minutes uh, away from the minute we're talking about. 
I'm not sure uh, who's going to win that except for Max Verstappen has been pretty much undefeatable. So I've kind of quit paying attention to Formula One because Verstappen is just uh, making, just laying waste to everybody. He's going to be the champion again this year. He doesn't seem happy. He never seems very gleeful when he wins. He's just one of those kind of sour Formula One guys that you kind of are glad don't live next door to you. (laughs) You know, just thinking about that, these race car drivers get paid some big bank, don't they? Oh yeah, he's making a he's making Alan Taylor money. He's making a fortune. <laughs> right. Well, and you think about it, if they told you you had to go that far to race, I mean, it seems like the driver would like roll his eyes like, "Oh my god." You know, we were talking about Australia going over to um the land down under. Right. I, I went to China. I went to South America. Those are miserable, miserable trips. Unless you're in first class, I get it. They're in first class or on a private jet. No, they're on a private jet. Yeah, yeah they're on yeah. Their, their private plane. They get chauffeured to the hotel. They get chauffeured to the track. They drive. They're chauffeured back to the plane, and they're back no. home. I could live like that. I mean, the crewmen <laughs> are the ones that I feel bad for. Yeah. I mean, those are the guys flying in coach if they're flying at all and uh, having to put everything together and tear everything down at the end of the day. Those are the guys really working in Formula One. But the drivers, no, nah, I think they're 20 guys that are pretty well uh, – catered to yeah the tip of the hat though for this is the american driver logan Sargent from uh florida he drives for williams which is not a top 10 team but he did manage to finish 11th a week or two ago <sighs> so uh again he's the problem with formula one in america is that you're not going to formula one from america you're going to Formula one from europe which is where Logan and the last few guys that have raced in Formula One who have been from America have come from. But uh, maybe he'll be a household name one of these days. He's doing pretty well for Williams, and uh, it's kind of fun to see at least one American on the schedule. Right on. Well, it's funny. You were talking about uh, how these folks, these drivers, you know, especially in F1 and the high-end drivers, I was with Jackie Stewart one time. And a famous uh, racer from, I think, Scotland. And I said, so, Jackie, what kind of car do you drive when you're not racing? He goes, me? I don't drive. I get chauffeured everywhere I go. And I'm like, oh, my God, he doesn't even drive. He says, it's too dangerous. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's Jackie for you. Yeah, exactly. What a character. All right, you can find Stephen Cole Smith at Haggerty.com and at GrassrootsMotorsports.com. We appreciate you for uh, contributing here at The Drive. Thank you, Steve. Always a pleasure, my appreciate friend. Appreciate it. Uh, coming up in hour two, we've got Lauren Fix, the car coach. Got a lot to talk about when it comes to that strike with the UAW and and how the UAW feels about the electric car mandates. And then we've got Brian Moody, executive editor from Autotrader.com. He's got best SUV lease deals for July and a whole bunch more. This is The Drive. We'll be right back. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru, featuring the 2024 Outback Wilderness, part of the Wilderness family, with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, higher ground clearance, 
a turbocharged engine, and all-terrain tires. It opens up new territory for you to explore. Adventure Elevated. Discover the Subaru Outback Wilderness at Subaru.com slash wilderness. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, it is time to talk to Lauren Fix, publisher, carcoachreports.com on the web. And uh, for those who were listening in the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the UAW a little bit. Uh, Carl Brower had his take on it because Carl and I both have uh, Dodge Demons ordered. And we're like, oh, no, there could be a strike. But Lauren Fix has her own take on what's going on. Hi, Lauren. Hi. Yeah, I have a Dodge Demon order as well. Oh, so, yeah, that's right. You do. Oh, my God. Are we going to get screwed on getting our car finally by the end of the year? Well, listen, I have a feeling that, you know, the, the because we ordered them so, you know, so early, literally, we got to see the unveiling of the vehicles. And I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but. As soon as the order bank opened, it was like, bam, I'm in there. I'm I was done. There. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. So For I, sure. I have a feeling it's going to be, and I don't know because nobody knows what the future holds, as we both know, but I have a feeling it's going to be trying to get all of the cars built in this year model that they're, they're concerned with. It's not going to happen. Well, there you go. So uh, what, what I will tell then? you this, yeah. that the order banks, and I heard this yesterday right from the solid source. The last day you could order a Charger or a Challenger is going to be the end of July. That's it. Mm. And no more. Done. So if you don't have your order in your pub, sit and go, well, I'm not really sure. Get your order in. Yeah. Because at the end of the year, 12-31-23, that's it. Mm-hmm. They're done. Whatever's built is built. So obviously they're going to finish a run. They're not going to start a car and have it halfway done. Right. But that's it. So right. at, the, at the end of the year, whatever's built is built and nothing else as of the 24. Yeah. So that's really, really important if you're thinking, I want a last call, or I just want to have a Charger or a Challenger. That's it. They're gone. Right. So that's really important. And also the Camaro is ending the first quarter of 2024. That's it for that also. So mm-hmm. at the end of March, if you're thinking, man, I'd like to have a Camaro, always wanted a Camaro, even if it's like a six-cylinder convertible, better get your order in because at the end of the first quarter of uh, 24, they're gone. Mm-hmm. You'll probably, I know what they're going to do. They're going to come back. It's going to be the dumbest move ever. They're going to do, we're doing an electric SUV called the Camaro. And they'll have one next to it called the Corvette. (laughs) I know it's coming. We were having that conversation last night because I was at a Ford event. And everyone's like, well, you think they're going to do that? And everyone's like, yep. Everybody at the table agreed they're going to do something stupid like that. I could not imagine what General Motors did with the Blazer after watching, you know, the, the success of the Bronco which looked like yeah. the original Bronco, to create a blazer and now having an electric blazer. And so this is part of, I think, what you and I were talking about before this segment started, just briefly, was the mm-hmm. UAW is not really digging on what is going on with the whole electric car mandate upon them. Give no. us some, some of that. 
it's so interesting. So the UAW, first of all, they're 100% in support of this. It's going to mean more jobs. They were all in. Now, although you and I and many others of us, like Carl Brower, we're like, um, I don't think so. The UAW has now issued a statement to the EPA saying this electric vehicle plan, this emissions plan, is not going to work. It's going to impact union workers, and it's not making them happy. And so they're pushing against the Biden administration saying you need to pull back because we can't make this work because the agency, is, the UAW, which they call themselves the agency, I guess, says that if you cut emissions by 56%, we're going to lose a ton of jobs. And electric vehicles are supposed to account for 67% of new cars by 2032. And there's other groups, too. There's other. It's not going to happen. I'm telling you right now, here, let me open my crystal ball. It's not going to happen. Yeah. There's no way. I was just in L.A., and people were complaining. Every charging station they've been at, they either don't work because they're independent. Once they're in, that's on the people on the property. Or... They get there and slow charge. Even the Tesla that's open up to GM and Ford is a low-level two charger. You might as well go home. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You know, and charge there. Exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of things going on, but obviously the Biden administration is pushing back. But it's really interesting because while all that's going on, it's not just the UAW, but Stellantis, who sponsors your show, and Toyota Motor Company are also blasting the Biden administration. Basically, you're playing to squelch auto pollution as you think you are, but the truth is, you cannot compel people to buy the cars. And you can raise that incentive as much as you want. But they believe that they're at the saturation rate, that those people that wanted them already went and bought them. Yeah. Those people that were concerned, they bought them. But right now, i got to tell you, this, this is really solid information. And this comes from Cox Automotive, by the way. Oh, hold on, hold on, media. hold on. Cliffhanger, cliffhanger, because i got to take a break. Oh, okay. <laughs> hold one second there. Uh, we're talking with Lauren Fix, carcoachreports.com on the web. You can also find her on uh, Twitter at, at Lauren Fix. Instagram, hashtag carcoachreports. She's out there all over the place. And a YouTube channel. This is The Drive. We'll be right back. Stay with us. I'm high on believing that you're in love with me. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, you're listening to The Drive All Across America. I'm Alan Taylor. Lauren Fix joining us for Car Coach Reports. You'll see her on television and radio and at trade shows and all over the place. Videos on YouTube, Car Coach Reports. She has a great channel there if you're interested. 
Okay, so Brian is on after you from Auto Trader, which is part of Cox Communications, Hi. and I'm going to have to tell yeah. him, sorry, uh, she's going to one-up you and deliver your information. So it's <laughs> kind of funny, right? I love it. Well, it actually, funny. I'm going to use some of their data and also some data from IC cars and other places. Okay, good. Um, so new EV pickup trucks. People were looking at them, right, when they came out. They wanted that Lightning truck. They're waiting on that Silverado EV, the Tesla truck, the Rivian R1T, and everything else that's out there. So one year into all their deliveries, they had some pent-up demand. Well, that demand was filled by a few enthusiasts. And then they realized this pickup truck thing may not work for me because of, you can't tow it. If you're looking at it as you're being your sole vehicle and you're not towing anything, you're probably okay. Right. But then the sales must have cratered because even when I was just in Silicon Valley, there was maybe a Rivian or two. I was actually looking on the highway because I was doing another radio show out of Philly. And uh, they said, well, I told them I was in L.A. And they go, hey, how many electric cars are you passing? I saw two Teslas <laughs> and nothing else. I'm like, and I was on a highway. On a highway. So it's very weird. But uh, Cox Automotive or Cox Communications does what they call turn. The dealers know this. So a car comes in, it's a new Mustang, and within 15 days it's sold. That's what you want, that 15-day sweet spot, because they pay financing on it for every month. So if it stays over a month, it starts costing them money. So this is interesting information. So the average days for EVs to sit on the lot, or turns, as I say, is over 103 days in June. Whoo, that's too that's, long, yeah. That's over three months. That's up from the end of Q2, the second quarter, was at 92 days. So now the high end, like the Mach-E fully loaded, has a 116-day turn. So that that's car, you terrible. buy a GT, something fully loaded, looks good, very cool, 116 days. Mm-hmm. If you just want the low end, like a Chevy Bolt EV. And which they're not going to make anymore, which is foolish. I know. There's a 23-day turn, which isn't bad. Right. But they can't get them in fast enough, but at the end of their model year, that's it, which I think is foolish because it's a low-value car. Everyone can get it. They can, But it, basically, it's a disaster right now because you're looking at all these EV mandates. That's not changing people's buying habits. They're looking at gasoline. So here's... Hybrid, plug-in hybrid. Here is... The funniest part about this, and yes, we'll just call this a shameful plug. Our show is brought to you in part okay. by Dodge. Lauren has got Stellantis, yes. Yeah. Yes, and they're owned by Stellantis. Lauren has got a demon on order. Alan has a demon on order. Carl has a demon on order. This Dodge Demon 170, 1,025 horsepower. And you know yeah. what? There are many people that would buy this car, 1,025 horsepower. The problem is... The ones that do want to buy it cannot buy them for window sticker. Cannot buy them for ten thousand over window sticker. Not twenty thousand over window sticker. Maybe a hundred thousand over window sticker if you're lucky. Maybe. And so, how many days are these going to sit on the showroom floor? Zero. 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 So. Those will hit the dealer. They're already sold. They're already sold. And I know that because I ordered those special wheels. Yep. And the dealer, because we, we have these VIP access when you're automotive media, you use your connections when you can. So the dealer tells me that they got three. And he goes, we never charge over sticker. Never. Liars. Go, Liars. Yeah. Well, the local dealers here have an agreement that they don't. So, so now they've got a problem. Mm. They've got three cars coming in, not including mine. And they have like. 50 people that contacted them wanting a car. And he's exactly. like, we've never had this before. We don't know what to do. Exactly. So they basically put out a letter and said, everybody make their best bid. Top three gets it. And they had to do it that way because there's no other right. way to do it. There they you go. They're best customers. That's it. 
hundred grand over, hundred grand over. And then when they went, when they went to put them in, the orders in, the first order went in with the special wheels, you know, and the parachute and all that. The second car he went to put in, he said the wheels weren't available. Wheels are sold and out. He called and they said the wheels were sold out. So the carbon second fiber car wheels sold out. People overpaid for couldn't even get the carbon alloy wheel. I know. I don't. I know. I'm lucky. I got him. Yeah, me I got too. Him. Me too. <laughs> Supposedly, anyway. But uh, all right, Lauren Fix is with us. Um, yeah, electric cars. I don't know. But uh, hats off to Dodge for you know this whole yeah. 1,025 horsepower car. I love it. We'll be right back. Stay with us. never carries a lot of weight never forget never settle never surrender and now dodge is proud to announce never lift the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up with the 475 horsepower durango srt 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo dodge charger and challenger and the introduction of dodge power brokers your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts for more on the never lift mindset go to dodge.com dodge is a registered trademark of fca us llc Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And joining us right now is Lauren Fix. She's the publisher of CarCoachReports.com, an old friend of mine. We've been... uh, Traveling around the world, test driving cars for, uh, I don't know, 25 or 30 years. I shouldn't call you old, just oh. friend, friend. No, it's okay. that's fine, but it's been more than 30 years. <laughs> I know, well, you know, it is what it is, right? Um, My God, we've known each other a long time. Yeah, yeah. You know, the world is changing, too, but uh, I, I think you're just getting back from test driving a car that you cannot give your mm-hmm. driving impressions on, but you can talk a little bit about it. A very important car to the else. world, a Mustang. Is it electric? Please yeah. say no. No. Oh, good. No. Okay, good. It is not. And I actually talked to the Mustang brand manager, some lady who used to work on Icon brands. I'm going to have these weird names. And they're putting women in charge of everything. I hate to say that just because <laughs> I don't want to put it this way. Just because you're a female doesn't mean you should be in charge. You have to be qualified and talk the talk and walk the walk. Yeah. I'm not saying she wasn't. I'm just saying it's, there are some people at some of the brands where they put a female in charge and they're not a good fit. How's that? That's my nice way of putting well, it. Well, you know, but I mean, especially case, muscle cars and things like that, they really like you saying there they have to really truly be an enthusiast because that's an enthusiast car i don't care who you are mustang's an enthusiast car but go ahead keep going absolutely so their sales are still there they've always outsold the camaro and the corvette combined and the funny thing is they don't have any competitors anymore they're gone no more charger no more challenger for 24 no more camaro that's it. Wow. It's Mustang. Wow. So what, what could be that? A Supra? Not really. No, Not really. Not no. the same horsepower rating. Different. I mean, they're really, you know, yeah, you can look at some of the Japanese brands, but really, they're not cross-shopping. No, American Muscle. Going, no. You know, I think I'll buy a Lexus. No. No. They want a domestic. Right. And they're going to be gone. So they're going to have the new EcoBoost and the GT. The GT is a 5-liter Coyote motor mm. that's got 486 horsepower, 418 pound-feet of torque, or if you want to, I want to drive it year-round, I don't want to have any, you know, I just want to enjoy it, you can buy a 2.3-liter EcoBoost, but they both have something kind of cool on them. 
they have something called a drift brake. Mm. Now, in all my years of racing, and I've been racing since 1980, don't do the math. Mm. Uh, I'm old enough, and uh, I have never drifted. So they had us out in a lot with one of these champions that has won like four years in a row with the drift champions. And he's like, he asked me about my, my background because he wanted to know where he was starting. You know, do you have any experience or no experience? They told him I'm a road racer. This is like totally against what we do. We, lack of traction is a bad thing. And his business, lack of traction is a good thing. Right. So when you see the kids pull the drift brake, so it has a drift brake on it. So we did this fun little exercise. You accelerate and then you pull the parking brake and you let go of it. You just lift your foot off the gas, no pedals, and then you back on the gas right away. And the whole rear end slides around. I'm thinking to myself, Okay, I wouldn't do that with my car because oh, it's boy. flat spots of tires, and that's expensive because tires ain't cheap. I don't care if you get them from Tire Rack or not. I know. So I, but I had a good time beating up their car. So I did like five yeah. laps, and then we did an autocross with it. But one of the cool things that they have on this that's brand new, besides the drift brake, which is so you can pretend like you're Vaughn Gitlin Jr. Yeah. Uh, you probably know him knowing oh, you. Oh, I know Vaughn. But, um, yeah. I figured you did. You know everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, it has MagnaRide active suspension, which you can get. Both vehicles, well, actually, the manual transmission is available standard in the GT, automatic on the EcoBoost, but you can get an automatic if you really want one. You want to be lame in a GT with an automatic. I know it shifts faster, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> right. But it's, you can get the performance pack with both vehicles, which is nice. No sunroof at all. It's either convertible or coupe. Huh. No glass roof, which I appreciate. And I did not get one on my Challenger either. Although I think Carl did because he was having. I did not either. But and I thought I said, Carl, what are you doing? He's like, I want it all. Race cars don't have glass roofs. I know. Yeah, the problem is a real race car never twist. never has a glass roof. Yeah. Anyway, so you get the Magna Ride suspension, the Torsen Limited slip diff. You get a front tower brace, bigger Brembo brakes, which you can get in either black, red, silver, yellow, or blue. So they got that's cool. The seat belts can come totally customized, which is really nice. I mean, there's a lot of really nice features on that. Uh, lower drag coefficient, and they changed the roof line so you can get out of it with your helmet on. Oh, there's really? nothing wow. worse than getting out of a car and whacking your head on the roof trying to get out of the car. No, you I know what? I've done it. I it, don't like whacking my head, getting in or out of anything with or without a helmet because it hurts the neck. You know, you, you crack your neck yeah. there, and then you got to go to the chiropractor. Exactly. So, all right, did they talk I'm about actually pricing? going in the morning. It has one other thing that's cool, remote rev feature. So your GT's sitting in the driveway, and you're like, yeah, I got one of the engine. You want to take off your neighbors? No. Start the car, and you can oh. rev the engine off the remote. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Did they talk about pricing? Is it going to kind of hold the same, or it depends on the, the We vehicle, do not have pricing. I'm going to guess it's going to be pretty darn close. Safety, yeah. you know, all the Copilot 360, new technology, two new large screens. You get a 12.4-inch instrument cluster, totally customized, and the gauges. Hmm. You press this little picture of a Mustang, and you can put, like, a normal sport, you know, a racetrack, drag track. And then right. my favorite one, it says... 87 to 93 Fox body, which I have owned a ton of. And you press that button and it changes the gauges to look like a Fox body oh, champion at night. Hilarious. It turns green like the old ones did. All right, listen. That is cool. When, is it a 23 or a 24? They're called 24s. We don't okay. have prices. It's coming up soon. All right. But there's a lot of changes. You can check them out on their website. And I'm sure at Car Coach Reports uh, on your YouTube channel, Lauren Fix, uh, so much good information. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Coming up next uh, is going to be the very jealous Brian Moody from Auto Trader since Lauren just stole his thunder. Uh, he'll figure it out. <laughs> he'll figure it out. Lauren, thank you again. 
Uh, we've got uh, a little commercial break, and Brian Moody from Auto Trader will be right back. Stay with us. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, and today, Brian Moody is joining us right now at the bottom of the hour, which is nice. Auto Trader, uh, autotrader.com. Uh, I've been using AutoTrader for decades, and uh, Brian always brings all kinds of good information. But Brian, I'm going to try and uh, I'm going to try and pull some of that really, really good stuff out of your brain. I'm going to dig in there. <laughs> Bottom uh, of the hour, top of the heart. <laughs> there you go. So, can we talk about salvage titles, rebuilt titles, things like that? The difference. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and the reason, I mean. People people need to know about this stuff clearly, and I have. Yeah. It, it has not bothered me actually. I have a truck that I bought that uh, was damaged, and I bought it damaged. It was drivable. What happened was it was owned by an older gentleman. These are those stories that happen, you know. Older guy mm-hmm, owns mm-hmm. it. Beautiful truck, low miles. Matter of fact, it was a 2012 with only 41,000 miles, so super low miles for the year. Uh, GMC, one-ton, dually, cab-and-a-half, so back seats in there. Again, low miles. What happened was his son asked his dad to borrow the truck to go and you know do right. some menial little thing and then decides to go with his buddies down to the lake and get drunk. And on the way home that night, he was drunk and went off the road Uh-oh. and spun around, yeah, and went backwards off the road. So it damaged the bedside of the truck a little bit and a little bit on the uh, front fender because when he first, like, whatever he hit, a bush or whatever, he jerked the wheel real hard and then spun around and off the road he went. Now, the truck was no way it was totaled because I fixed it pretty darn cheap anyway. But the father, the older gentleman, was so angry, he said to his insurance company, I don't want it back. Too much damage. I had a perfect truck. I want another perfect truck. So the insurance company has a real dilemma when this happens, don't they? Because uh-huh. maybe this guy owns a big corporation. He's a huge client of theirs. And 
they're like, well, um, all right, let's go ahead and, and do the estimate of repairs. And when they do an estimate of repairs from the insurance company, they have to use all new parts. Um, yeah. So the problem is, see, I don't have to use all new parts, but they do. So the, the I'm sure the repair bill on it was pretty darn expensive. But for me, I bought a used bedside. And, you know, on these big dually trucks, the bedside unbolts. So there was no welding or cutting or anything. You just unbolt the bedside, bolt a new one on. A wow. fender unbolts. The lower valance on the front bumper was damaged. The headlight had a crack, so I bought an aftermarket headlight. And I then had the, the, side, the whole side of the truck painted, and I've been driving it now for almost two years and 15,000 miles. And, but the truck does have a dirty title. Now, even though I could have said, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not really fair that they gave that thing a dirty title. What does that mean? It had right. a salvage title, and then it was right. it was rebuilt. So now it says reconstructed. In the state of Oregon, every different state does different things. But our, our state, they put the word reconstructed. That means it was fixed versus having yeah. just the actual salvage paperwork. Anyway, but, but do you want to go you, deeper on that? When you bought it, yeah. it was salvaged. And I, then yes. when you fixed it, it was rebuilt. Yes. As a matter of fact, it sat for six months, and they argued back and forth for six months before the insurance company finally says, all right, we're just going to settle with you. And so they settled with him, and then they go ahead and sell the salvage, and then you get a salvage certificate. Not a title. It is the title, but it's yeah. actually called a salvage certificate. And uh, then you have to have the car repaired or the vehicle repaired, and then you take it into the DMV, they do an inspection on it. And then they issue a what's called a branded title. So in my case, it says reconstructed. I think there's different words. They use rebuilt and different words. Right. Any other thoughts on that? So here's my question to you, yeah. given all that that you just said. Obviously, you can find rebuilt or salvaged title cars that are worth buying. Would you recommend someone doing that if they don't have much automotive knowledge? Not really, no, because I've done so a lot of this say over that the they years. Find a, I thought they find this great Alt, Nissan Altima or this great Honda Accord, and it says rebuilt on it. It's only got you know 80,000 miles, and, and the guy says, oh, they just stole out the seats out of it. That's all that ever happened to it. That's but right. the person who wants to buy it doesn't know anything about cars, doesn't know how to check whether they're telling the truth or not but they're going to get the car for about 10 to 15 grand less than it would normally be. Well, would you advise that person just skip it? Or do you think that go for it and you'll be okay? Well, here's what I've always told people because I used to own wrecking yards. So we had a lot of these things coming through there where people yeah. would buy them yeah. and then fix them. And somebody would come back and say, well, they said they bought it from you. And I said, yeah, by the yeah. way, whenever we sell one of these, we take pictures and we put it in the file. So here's what it looked like. Yeah. And the person, horrified. Oh, my God. That's not what he said. That's not what they told you me. Know? Yeah, right? <laughs> so what I did was, and I tell people, if you find a vehicle that has got some damage or a theft recovery, which you see advertised in, in Auto Trader all yeah. the time, yeah, and it still has the salvage certificate, and you can see the damage, and guess what? Your brother, your son, your uncle, your aunt, your best friend is a body shop or a, a repair shop, then you can yeah. roll the dice and take your chance. But that's exactly what you're doing, Brian. You're rolling the dice. Yeah. So how lucky do you feel? That's what it boils down to. Or how lucky do you feel and how much information can you really get? So yeah. I think it's really it's for people 
who either have the wherewithal to a investigate and verify the level of damage that right, it was right. or a person who's very mechanically skilled that can fix them themselves. Yeah. Other than those two things, I don't recommend people buy cars with a rebuilt or a salvage title, even though I know full well, many people have, per- like I had a, I had a buddy in college. He bought a Ford Escort GT. Well, there was no such thing as a Ford Escort GT wagon. But the wrecking yard made one out of two cars that were that were, that were wrecked in the front of the back. Right. And he drove that car for 15 years with yeah, no problems. Right, right. Now, listen, I always tell people, get the thing inspected. You know, th- what will happen is they'll find things and it'll horrify you. And you can use that yeah. as a negotiating tactic. I'm, there's a million ways to do this. But because yeah. vehicles are so expensive, and a good example is my truck... To find a one-ton dually diesel four-wheel drive fully loaded truck, right. I was staring at you know seventy-five thousand to a hundred thousand dollars new, and I thought, no, I don't want to do that. So I'm looking now at used, and then I couldn't find anything less than two hundred thousand miles that was older right. like this. So when I saw this one pop up, and it was ten years old at the time with only forty-one thousand yeah. miles, and I could go drive it, test drive it. And see the damage. And you're gonna keep it for a long time, I bet. Oh yeah, no, this is this is like it'll be the ranch truck for the next decade yep. anyway. And even then, when it has 180,000 miles of towing, you know, my my stock trailer with eight cows in it everywhere to the slaughterhouse and back, uh, I won't. It won't matter if it has a dirty title or not. But yeah, right. buyer beware, buyer beware. That's the thing. <laughs> Uh, do you guys have some information on this on your website right now at autotrader.com? Yes, there's a great article, uh, Salvage versus Rebuild, What's the Difference and Whether or Not You Should Get Involved. You can read that for yourself. Um, that's at autotrader.com, and there's lots of great information there. Perfect. More from Brian Moody at autotrader, autotrader.com. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru, featuring the 2024 Outback Wilderness, part of the Wilderness family with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, higher ground clearance, a turbocharged engine, and all-terrain tires. It opens up new territory for you to explore. Adventure Elevated. Discover the Subaru Outback Wilderness at Subaru.com slash wilderness. Well, called lease. Oh, love. Did he say love? I thought he said lease. Uh, Brian Moody's here (laughs) to talk about the best deal on leases for July on SUVs. So I thought it was the best uh, crazy little thing called lease. <laughs> uh, see what you did. I know, right? Uh, yep. Okay, so best SUV lease deals for July. What do you got? Everybody wants an SUV. Normally, I have to say this, leasing it does not save you money in the long run, although it can be helpful in the short term. Say if you have a work station you're you know you're sent someplace you're stationed someplace for two years and you're going to come right back leasing might work then you're overseas leasing might work then but it does give you a nicer car for a lower payment and you know these are some that we put together that are pretty good 
Well, there's there's one Ooh. more factor to this is if you're a small business or big business and you actually can write off the lease payment as if it's a rental. Yeah, that's perfect. It can work for businesses. It can work for people who have a small home business as well. But, you know, you usually get a nicer car for a lesser payment or a lower payment. The ones that we have on our list, you know, times being what they are, they do have down payments. Usually I tell people you can find one with zero down or little money down. Go for that because that down payment, that capitalized cost reduction that you spend as an individual, you're not going to get that back. You're going to drive the car for two years or three years and you're going to be out. One, two, three, four, eight thousand dollars, depending on what the car is. So here's a few that are actually pretty decent. We start with the Chevrolet Blazer, the 2023 Chevy Blazer. That's a $3,200 down at $279 per month. So a little bit more upfront than I would like, but a decent car for $2,279 per month. The GMC Acadia, that's a nice, decent size SUV. Yeah. $2,800 down, $249 a month for 24 months. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. The uh, Honda HRV, that's a small SUV. They want $3,300 down, and that's $279 per month. That's not terrible. If you want an electric car, the Hyundai Kona Electric can be yours for four grand down and two sixty nine a month for 36 months. Again, this isn't like the best of the best, but for this period of time, it is the best of the best. This is the best you're going to do in an SUV lease. People want them and the, you know, the prices are there. Um, Mazda CX-5, that's another good one. $3,900 down, $307 a month for 36 months. Nissan Rogue. $4,400 down and $299 per month. Subaru Forester, $2,790 down and $315 a month for 36 months. So those are just a few of the best SUV lease deals for July of 2023. There will probably be better deals next month, honestly, because inventory is up. And so usually when inventory is up, incentives go up. So if you do want an SUV and you're thinking of leasing, I would say maybe wait till August and then check back on these leases and prices. Yeah, it's funny because people ask me often, maybe I should lease it because the payment is less. I go, yes, but you're not owning anything. You're basically renting that car. You're paying X dollars a month. You're paying a certain amount upfront, which, you know, that's your down payment, you might say, that you don't get back. Uh, yes, but these go to 11. Yeah. And, you know, so it's the same kind of logic, right? Exactly. And then you, uh, if you put too many miles on it, they're going to nick you pretty hard yeah. too. And that's yeah. another thing when you're leasing, even if you're leasing for your small, medium or large business, make sure you know the miles you are going to be putting on that vehicle. And if, yeah. cause if you exceed that, they're going to murder you on the price. Yeah. On the, yeah. And also I have to say this, if you're looking to buy a car, and the only way you can make the payment work is to put a lot of money down up front and then lease it. You're looking at too expensive of a car. You need to yeah. lower your expectations. That's right. No, that's a good point. I tell people, you know, a lease is a great idea if you're making a profit and you're looking for a way to, instead of paying taxes, you're going to be able to get a nice little car or whatever it is or a, or a delivery yeah. van because that's instead of paying Uncle Sam, you put the money back into your pocket or improve your business. Because that's what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you see a guy that's driving a, a, a nice new Ford Ranger pickup truck who's a contractor and his name's on the side. That's a write-off. You can lease that. Yeah. 
And yeah. as long as you know you're not going to be putting too many miles on the darn thing. Anyway, but yeah. that, that's uh, yeah, that's exactly and, right. And that works even with SUVs too. I, I think is it doesn't matter what the vehicle is as long as you're using it for work. You know, you do yeah, have to that, keep that's right. And some people's employer gives them a monthly stipend for right. a vehicle yep. rather than give them a company car. A lease could work for that too. You might even want to get something a little bit bigger to accommodate your family and you pay, let's say out of pocket, you pay an extra 75 bucks a month. Right. Okay. That totally makes sense because your employer is taking on the bulk of the payment of the car. Yep. Uh, they want to lease it because they can just keep giving you a new car and never be bothered with maintenance or repairs. Best SUV lease deals for July can be found at autotrader.com. Brian Moody's got one more segment when we come back. We're going to talk about autotrader.com slash oversteer. If you don't know what that is, we'll be right back and you'll learn. See you then. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by the Subaru Outback. Go where love takes you. Brian Moody goes where love takes him all the time. And I don't know if you should keep doing that, Brian. Uh, no, my wife said I'm not allowed to do that. She said don't, don't. She said not to do that. No, he said not to panic. Do I panic? No, he said not to panic. Brian Moody, executive editor of AutoTrader.com. If you go to AutoTrader.com/slash/overdrive, Brian says this is where the fun happens. Explain that. Yes. Yes. AutoTrader.com/slash/oversteer is kind of like our enthusiast section for okay. people that like weird stuff right people that want to know more about volkswagen's new electric microbus Ooh, or we yeah. talked about this a while ago there was a great article by one of our writers allison jeep or not a jeep all over the world there are these suvs that look just like jeep wrangler but are they really jeep wrangler oh. we also have a regular feature called forbidden fruit which are vehicles that you can't get here in the u.s but we know they exist like what for hold example, it hold, yeah the, well i'll give you an example the audi rs4 avant high performance version of the audi a4 but as a wagon oh yeah oftentimes we don't get the wagons here so forbidden fruit is something like hey okay. did you know that they have a mitsubishi Triton pickup in Australia. <laughs> right, People right, sometimes right. know that. Sometimes they don't. That no, and you'll stuff. see those little um, micro mini minivans that are so tiny. You yeah. look like you can put it in your watch pocket. You know, it's funny though. I got to yeah. tell you about this uh, this Avant, this uh, station wagon phenomenon that's going on. Mm-hmm. Cadillac CTSV wagon. 
right? Yeah, cool. So one pulls up next to me. I have a diesel Jeep Gladiator, okay? Not the fastest thing on the road. This guy pulls up in his black CTSV Cadillac station wagon that I know has got a manual transmission. He's put some big exhaust on it, so it's like, rawr, rawr, rawr. you know, and I thought to myself, yeah. you know, he, and he's got his like probably uh, 10, 11 year old son in the driver's seat or the passenger seat. Is this a seat. V series? Yes, CTS? V, V, oh, a so Cadillac. That's a V8, right? Yeah, big V8, manual oh, transmission, my. and they're, they are, they're, they're fast. Anyway. So clackety, I'm sitting clackety, at a light. Clackety, clackety. Yeah. He pulls up next to me. I look over. I can see that he's a young guy. He's got all tattoos and everything. He's got his young kid in the car. And I thought, I'm going to embarrass him because I'm going to nail it right out of the gate. So here I am, my little diesel. And he's in his car revving his engine and he's talking to his little boy. The light turns green. And I mean to tell you, I nailed it. And I left him yeah. sitting there, right? And the next yeah. thing you know, what happens? I hear this. <laughs> and I mean to tell you, he passed me doing 150 miles an hour. It was, I don't know how fast he's going, but he was hauling butt. Anyway, this is one of those kind of forbidden fruit cars that he's yeah. talking about. Is it? Not everybody yeah. knows about these things. Right. Yes. And it's those kinds of stories. If you like those kinds of stories, autotrader.com slash oversteer. We even have an article called, These Are the Cheapest Ferrari Models for Sale on Autotrader mm, Right Now. Nice. Listen, I'm not advising to do this, to buy it, because we all know the saying, the cheapest Ferrari you can get is the most expensive Ferrari you can get. Yes. Yes. You know, like yes. you buy it and you're like, oh my gosh, it's only 20 grand. Bum, there's, bum, bum, bum. there's a reason. A water pump. Buyer beware. That's right. <laughs> exactly right. But those kinds of stories, if you go look at this, I wrote something about the Genesis brand. I think Genesis vehicles are just knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Every single thing I drive, it's Genesis. I'm like, that's better than the previous one. Everything from the SUV, even their electric car has this cool boost button feature. I just drove the G90 sedan. I like big sedans, and I cannot lie, so what are you going to say? But uh, <laughs> if you like those kinds of stories, you know, Mitsubishi's new microvan, cars you can't get here, right. check it out, autotrader.com slash oversteer. Well, it's a, it's, a fun, uh, it's a fun place. It is the enthusiast side of things where normally, I mean, listen, I'm an enthusiast. And Auto Trader is my grazing grounds, you might say. I, I watch. Yeah. My wife's like, what are you looking for? I go, I'm not really looking for anything, but I'm watching what things are selling for, what people are asking for them. You know, are prices going up? Or are they going down? You come on the show from time to time and talk about that. But just I tell also her this. just tell her this. Yeah. I'm looking for whatever's looking for me. <laughs> That's right. But you See? come on and talk about it. But I also do my own homework because yeah. I like to know. I like to be in the know because people are asking me all the time. And you work at Auto Trader, they do the same thing to you. What's this worth? Yeah. What's that worth? Right. So it's kind of right. my homework, you know? And and also factual stuff. Like, you know, electric car tires wear out 20% faster. Did you know that? Well, yeah. it's on oversteer. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I talked about it a few weeks ago. It's true. Yep. And they cost more. It's on they oversteer. Do. That's right. Autotrader.com slash oversteer. Brian Moody, thank you, brother. Yeah, thank you. That is about it for me this weekend. Uh, time for uh, the car guy to go do some gardening now. I know. Planting cactus. You, that's when you plant cactus in the middle of the summer. That's right. It's the only thing that'll live. See you next week. Paradise and put up a fucking lie. 
The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.